a big ass sugar daddy boy. Antoine always um I hear <laughs> these ladies ask them what shit. Hey, let me get in on the action too, Antoine. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all heard me. I'm alive. Oh, I'm my bad. Okay, my bad. And we're recording, <laughs> so you know. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna edit that out because uh that's the guy suited. That's the guy, you know, you can't keep a player down, so that's we're gonna, we're gonna edit that out. Okay, all right. Okay. Hey, you know, I, my friends are watching, you know what I'm saying? So you know. exactly, exactly. We're gonna edit all that out. Yeah. Ready? Bad about the friends now. <laughs> Get it started there, DJ. All right, all right. We ready to Yes, sir, you're on. Okay, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the family is back with another episode of Social Reality. We've been away for a while. Please forgive our absence. Uh, okay, once again, if you don't know, if this is your first time joining us, let me introduce everybody. You know I always start with the queen in the room, and that would be Miss Esther. How you doing, lady? All right, we got, we got the man that's put this thing together right here, and that would be Theus and my man Antoine. All right. All right. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. And as we always like, and by the way, my name is Cortez. Um, and, I'll, and as we always like to do, we like to talk about things that spark your mind. So without further ado, the first topic we're going to get into for those who have seen the movie uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, we're going to get into that. And how I always do. As you know, I always start with the queen of the room. Esther, would you like to weigh in on this first, ma'am? Um, the movie was a great movie. I mean, um, they, you know, we all knew about the Black Panther Party, um, the movement, but, you know, it's the first time that it's highlighting how, uh, first of all, how law enforcement, particularly the F, like the FBI, um have used like our own people to bring us down you know um and how without us it makes it difficult for them to infiltrate and to you know disrupt and eventually destroy the movement and this you know this film was like a great depiction of that how you know they'll use somebody you know that has like petty crime and, you know, they'll say, okay, you're facing 40 years. So if you don't want this 40 years, you know, betray your own people, go against your own self-interest uh, to destroy your own people. So I think this movie did a did an excellent job in highlighting the terrorism that is in law enforcement, um, how uh, to white America, that unity within black people, that's their biggest fear us getting together as a collective and not getting sidetracked by, you know, all the little petty nonsense that keep us divided and focusing on the true enemy. And so that's their, that's their biggest fear. And how do they destroy that? By getting one of our own to infiltrate and uh, to betray and then ultimately destroy everything. So this movie did an excellent job in showcasing that. So it, it basically is showing that how we've been the biggest mold yes. in our own biggest, our own biggest demise. Yeah, and if, if anybody, if anybody has ever seen the movie Panther, the uh, one of the first movies that talked anything about the Black Panthers, um, 
Kadeem Hardison played that role. Um, and the movie Panther gives you gives you a small insight compared to what this movie did. And uh, yeah. I mean, they did it here. The same thing they did to Malcolm X. It was, you know, right. it was his own brothers that they recruited to assassinate him. Like, you know, if you go back to our history, that's what's always been done. They use, they use their own, the same thing in um, the United States versus Billy Holiday. They always use one of your own to destroy your own community. And to me, right. that's the biggest tragedy out of everything. You know, it's just tragic. Yeah, because right. when I look at it, man, it's like you if you keep your eye on like the aspect that if you can keep someone desperate and mm -hmm. hungry and threatened and scared, if you can create that environment, you will always have your choice of someone that you can twist and use against their own people, even when they don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 the whole thing. Like if you make a small deal with the devil eventually it's going to extract a huge price and that's what they did what we saw them do with him and like esther was saying you track this back man i mean uh with marcus garvey they went and found a black person to go and get him set up when you look at what happened even in in um haiti uh what was it was it uh overture that they got and tricked to, to go meet with them them devils and they turn around and right so it's like they always go find someone in your crew, right? And if it's not, not someone in your crew, they'll go get somebody and put them in your crew. Mm -hmm. And right. eventually, <clears throat> every individual has a survival instinct and they know that. They know human psychology. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get you in a position where you're a little bit compromised. Once you're a little bit compromised, we're going to get you a little bit dirtier. Once we get you a little bit dirtier, now you're not just afraid of me. You're afraid of who I put you in there with. So you have to keep going. And then like watching this movie, you saw how the FBI did that to that man. But then if you paid attention, they had another informant that they were doing. They had at least two other informants that they were doing the same way. Like towards the end, the old head cat in the bar. Please believe they got him too when he was younger and flipped right. and used him. Yeah. So they were showing you through imagery that if you just do a little bit with these people, meaning the law enforcement of this country, that just that little bit will be all they need to keep you underneath their thumb and they'll use you to hurt your own people. Yeah, and that's what I find, it, I find it ironic how they don't get why there's such a distrust of law enforcement in the black community. I'm like, history has proven, like look at how law enforcement was started on the reason why they needed law enforcement. And then you expect these the same sickness that they've been just passing on from generation to generation to change and you wonder why people say fuck the police like you know but that's just that's the beauty of america the same like i don't know about all of you but i grew up in predominantly white communities and white schools so i wasn't taught this kind of history i had to go and find this kind of history and then through my family pick up more so white people are not being taught this either so they're sitting there with, that's why we keep running into that. Oh, I didn't know, or that can't be true, or that's not how the police really are, or what did you do to put your part into it? Because they're raised just as blind as we are. The ones who know are their vanguard, that small unit that makes shit happen so they can stay in power. 
they're the ones who do the dirty shit so everybody else can live that happy clean shit but meanwhile we just kept catching the, the, the crap in the whole way yeah I, when i saw when i watched the movie think first thing that came to mind with me for me was um the deception that that happened uh it, not, not only how it happened it's just how insidious insidious it was for and i thought about it not anything about just for this one like she mentioned i estimated billy holiday I, I thought about martin luther king uh there was because the fbi infiltrated him there Mark, uh, malcolm x this is this is their playbook right this yep. is the playbook and and, we, and, it, and at this point in our history right now i know we haven't been in you know free for that long but now we've seen that playbook right the playbook the plays are not changing right yeah, we see we're acting different. Yeah, so the play the playbook is not changing, right? So, if that's the case, if we, if, if we but, and and like I know we talked about last time, they just move the goalposts just a little bit farther away, which they do. But if we we know we know now that they're gonna try to infiltrate all of us. This is why Black Lives Matter is a nebulous a movement, right? It's not it's not something that's that's situated or statued or like that. Like it's not there's no there's no no. No construct, no no physical construction to it. It's very nebulous. It's very it's a very amoeba like. But well, um, but Antoine, check this out on that. But if you've been paying attention, they're trying to get one of the sisters who was instrumental in forming right. Black Lives Matter the to founder. make it a physical thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So they can fight and break it down. And and infiltrate it. Yep. But you guys you guys bring up Black Lives Matter. Even with Black Lives Matter, there you have again your own telling you that oh how black lives matter is it's a terrorist organization or it's not really about black people it's about a homosexual agenda and yada 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 so again you know as much as it's, it's hard to highlight racism and highlight you know how people in this country people of color are demonized and when we try to organize and um we try to make change especially for social just uh, social justice and equality, then you have your own, you have to go against your own who's also sabotaging it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. half, of the time, half of the time, these people, these demons that are in power don't even have to really like reach that far because, you know, you got your own people that's ready to just, you know, topple, topple the whole thing down without their help. And that's, to me, that's the sad part. That's the tragic part because how can you know, you know, how things are, how things been, and then you still, like, you're helping them destroy your own. Like, that, that's like, that's the, that's the, wait, let me say this, let's say this real quick. Um, one of the things that also that, that came out very clear to me was that when the character, when, um, when uh, the character, when he united um, everybody, we united the, the Puerto Ricans, united the, the, the the yeah. so-called neo-Nazis and the blacks together, that to me triggers some of my mind, right? The marginalized communities of, of our society, right, would be those neo-Nazis. I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's something we should do, but just think about that for a second. Those that think that they are not a part of the, the mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen we've seen it now with the QAnon, we see it now with the, the capital uprising, we're seeing it with the Black Lives Matter, we're seeing it with but there's fractions of our society that don't feel like that their voices are mattering. If those voices ever united in America, and they realize and they they fought to overthrow, and they they, they became consistent, like they 
because it, what, what it really boils down to, because if you really think about it, it boils down to economics. That's all it is. It's not really about color. It's really not about any of those things. It's about the economics. Because those people that are in those, um, those QAnon people, those are poor, uh, rural, uh, in the mountains type people. QAnon too, bro. Yeah, I mean, true, 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 and that's indeed. But that's it's that, 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 but, it, gold but, it, but their money is not, their money is not coming from, uh, money's money's coming from rural ways or agricultural ways. It's not coming from like Wall Street billionaires or shit like that. Yeah. But, yeah, but, think, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I did it again. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. But the thought about it is, if if um, getting all get getting everybody on on a, a common page, that was something that was remarkable to me. That that became the real threat when he got everybody to come together at one time. The black folks, he had he had the the vice lords, all the gangs of, of Chicago and stuff like that, all together. Then he went and 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 reached out to the um, the, the Puerto Rican gangs and stuff like that, and they all came together. And they all spoke on one one accord about police violence like that. That was like, nope, shut that down, shut all of that down. And that's what I think. That's what I think America, if it comes to that, and I know they will never allow it to come to that, because if it did, that would that would be the day of the reckoning that they would have to atone for all the things that have been, that have been going on in this country. Yeah. So on that, so like the Black Panther Party, as defined by. Huey Newton and Bobby Seale, right? Because that's the overarching story. Mm. Fred, Fred Hampton is a chairman in, in Chicago. And Fred Hampton was a unique and powerful entity because of what you just said, mm-hmm. right? He could reach out. He identified that of all of our differences, here are our common strengths, right? The gang in blue is really the one who's cracking white skulls, black skulls, and Puerto Rican skulls. Right. They're the ones extorting you when you're doing illicit stuff. They're the ones that's extorting you to take money there when you're doing it right. They're still extorting you. Right. So the U.S. government, one of the things I said many, many years back is the FBI has one job, and that is to protect the overarching interests of the United States of America. That's it. That's all they are is within the United States, within the United States. But but that's all that their job is. They don't do right, they don't do wrong. They do what will support and sustain what exists, right? So if you have a situation where the poor are starting to rise up and demand more and they're actually having voices and leaders, well, that's gonna disrupt the economic system that's that's going on. So the FBI gets put in motion. You got somebody who comes along and says, you know what, we got, Klansmen, supremacists, uh, QAnons, and all this. But at the end of the day, the underlying issue is they've been left behind. Mm-hmm. They're sitting out there in Appalachia or in the Midwest. The factories are gone because America decided it could be more profitable through globalization than it could by having to manufacture and sell within its own borders. So these people got left behind. But if we can keep them thinking that the real issue is some poor people from El Salvador coming in and taking the last remaining jobs, then we can keep them fighting each other. And if we can keep them thinking that the best, I mean, the worst white person is still better than the best black person, then we can keep them fighting against each other. So that was the beauty of what Hampton was talking about, what the Black Panther Party always was about, was what are our shared interests and ideals? And that's what I think we can do even now. 
right? Because you have Reverend Barber right. who has revitalized the Poor People's Campaign that got Martin Luther King killed. Right. Um, you have this renewed focus on the Black Panther Party for what it really was and how it took care of communities and it built bridges. It's like all the energy is back and it's time to actually put it in motion, but understand no matter what you build, their mission is to protect what is. So they will infiltrate you. They will tear it apart. They will burn it down. You make a new you, they'll discredit you as well. Yes. They'll do it all. They will right. do every last bit of it. And knowing that their hope is because you know we'll burn it down, you won't bother making it. But what it should tell us is build it any damn way. And every time they come to burn it down, you make it more expensive for them to do it, right? right. You want to come in here and we're trying to build black banks, but you want to go in there and make regu uh, new laws and regulations to say that Greenwood Bank can't be? Oh, okay. Well, we'll take all of our money out of the banks and move it to the credit unions, right? We have to see where the game is played and keep moving along those lines because they will come for you. If that's one, that's the one thing I got out of uh, the Judas story more than anything else. I don't give a damn how cool you think you are, how badass you think you are, if they get their hooks in you. That's it. So right. like, like, like Esther was saying, um, discrediting you, anytime you're going against their agenda of what mm -hmm. or what their master plan is, is to be as far as what they want, yeah, the number one thing is going to be to not just tear you down, but to discredit you yeah. to where your name is not good anywhere anymore. Yeah. It especially among your own people, because that was the same thing exactly. with Dr. King. Dr. King had his vice, with, it was women. He had groupies, he had hoes, you know what I'm saying? So when he, you know, was out and he was in these hotels and, you know, J, J. Edgar Hoover had a, a boner for him. And so he he was threatening, this, this man was like, oh, your people think you're such a saint. Your people think that you're this hot stuff. But how do you think they will feel if I leak these tapes of you having you know extramarital affairs they even sent this they even sent pictures of his infidelity to his wife at his mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. right and, and they know that the biggest thing because i remember even though we're talking about um judas and the black messiah when i watched um the united states versus billy holiday i remember um one of the guys it was a black man when she went to court the first time for drugs the black man was like why can't you just act right? Why can't you just not sing that song? Why are you always causing trouble? And it'd be your own people first that's ready to tell you like, hey, just lay down and just be a good house Negro and everything will be okay. And you know, and, and, and that to me is the, it's a bigger problem than the systemic racism. It's a bigger problem than the police brutality because it's like, a lot of our people are still mentally enslaved and they still have Stockholm syndrome, okay? See, they still have a white savior complex to where they're willing to tell other Negroes to, hey, be a good Negro, stop making trouble, stop speaking out, you know, stop being pro-black, stop doing this, stop doing that. And then as soon as one of these, you know, one of these terrorists uh, attack your character, 
they run with it. They're willing to believe anything that's said instead of saying, you know what? No, let's unite. I don't care what you say. We're going to stand by this, you know, by this person as a collective. That's what the Asians do. That's what the Arabs do. That's what the Hispanics do. Everybody does it, but the black race. Everybody. I disagree. I disagree a little bit. Uh, just, just a little bit because I'm not, I really, I agree with most what of part, What part do you disagree with? Part that I disagree with is putting the blame on us. Uh, and the reason why I put it that way is we are the only group in America that has had the full weight of the United States government placed against it. Only group, oh, well, section, Na Native Americans. But we're the only ones other than them you have had the full weight of the US government placed against them. So a lot of times, like, has anyone here ever tried to like start a business, right? And the main naysayers are the people that's closest to you, right? They're the main right. ones worried about what can go wrong, what can fail, uh, what happens if it does fail, right? They're the main ones. Wait, but the I'm main reason, yeah, the main reason they're the main ones is because they're the ones closest to you. So that if you do fail, they're afraid of what will happen to you. They're also afraid of how that it will impact them because they're emotionally tied to you. So I bring that up just to say that, yes, we have to, get a handle on some of that, but we have to fix our condition to help do that, right? Because if you're keeping us desperate, then you're always got this, and we know we've all run into this one, that pick me motherfucker, I'm sorry, that pick me person <laughs> who is hey. wanting is to stand in the right lane so that they can be elevated by white society to become a spokesperson or a, a privileged pet or whatever. You always got them. But even so, I still keep putting it back to that's we're dealing with the symptoms of what's really at play and what's at play is not us. You know what oh, I'm saying? No, like I, we don't control the media. We don't control the entertainment. I have to interject. I understand that. However, the thing is, you're always going to have you're always going to have coons. You're always going to have pygmies. But this is the thing, though. And yes, I agree to a certain extent. Yes, we are conditioned. That's absolutely correct. However, how long are we going to use that conditioning as an excuse? Because now it's like, listen, you can choose to remain willfully ignorant or you can choose to, you know, get out of that ignorance and seek some type of knowledge to your people. And you, at some point, there has to be personal accountability. We can't just put everything on. We were, you know, we were, we're conditioned and it's the United States. Yes, we, we know all that. But it, that also, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, I feel like with the Black community too, you have to have some kind of accountability. And the thing is, like, to the point that you made, yes, some of the people, they they do it out of concern and they do it because, you know, they love you. But a lot, let's not pretend that a lot of our people don't want you to have that vision or that dream or that business because then... The fact that they're telling that because somebody told them that they couldn't do it and now you're doing it and that makes them feel some kind of way. There are people that's out there that's like that. And there's always, roaches, there's always roaches within your own race. The Chinese have them, the Arabs have them, the whites have them, and the blacks have plenty of them. And I'm not blaming like just this on black people as a whole. But what I'm saying is as black people. When we're wrong, wrong is wrong. And we should be able to say, okay, yes, you're wrong. And right is right. However, when you see that there's, I don't care. 
you if you have to take that person to the side and say, hey, my brother, hey, my sister, that's not right, do so out in, 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 in secret, not in secret, but in private. No, but in public, in public, when you see that the powers that be are coming against your own, you should be the first one rallying against your own, okay? Publicly, because that's what they do. That's what the Republican Party does. They don't care what Donald Trump did. And in, in, in public, they're like, no, they're, they're rallying for him, even if they don't agree with them. And within our community, we don't do that. It's the same thing that happened with Kamala when Kamala was, was running. We can't get out of our own way because we want to be like, well, Kamala, she, she, you know, she uh, locked up a whole bunch of black people. Kamala did this, Kamala did that. You have to be able to look at the bigger picture and black people have a difficult time looking at the bigger picture when it comes to things. They, they want to sit there. Now is not the time. Focus on the bigger picture and when everything is all said and done, then you can worry about the other little things. Uh, everybody else can do that, but we have such a difficult time doing that. And I don't know why so, that is. So check this out, right? So early, and, and part of what you were just saying, you said something you didn't say the first time. So the first time you had said that we the only ones that do these, these toxic behaviors and you exempted white, Asian, and Latino. But then just now you did include them back in because it's true, everybody has parasites, everybody. Right. And so that was really what I was getting at from your first point. Not your second point, because your second point, I'm with you. And so my thing is, there are ills within our community and there are wonderful things within our community, right? We're just as diverse as anything else. And if we're going to talk about us, then let's talk about us, right? Because if we want to really move the ball forward in the movement, this eternal movement, and actually get some real gains, then we also have to make the hard understanding that we're going to have to go through some of us to do it, Okay. We're going to have to clear out some of the weeds in our own garden so that our fruits can grow. So I'm 100% with you there. Where you will always get pushback from me is if you have that part of the conversation and then absolve another group because they have infighting too. They have parasites too. They have fallen failings too. And none of them were enslaved. No, you're right. But no, no, you can't say that because the Asian people, they had their little time. They were not enslaved in America. They were abused. They were interned. They were interned. They were, <laughs> it was nothing like American chattel slavery. No, it was eternal. No, it was eternal. It's not, you're right. It's not the same, but they wanted to, let me tell you something. You know why I, I, I excluded them? Not because I don't believe that they have parasites in those within every race. Because honestly, to me personally, I don't care about Asians and this. I only care about the betterment of my people. That's the people that I, that I know because I'm black. My child is black. My parents are black. That's what I'm focused on because it's easy. I can sit. Of course, we know that. Of course, who doesn't know that there's parasites in every in every in every uh, race? You know what I'm saying? We know that. But that's what I'm focused on. It's just because our for me as a race, and I love us. We're such a strong people. We're such a great people. We're such a resilient people. For us, but it's like we could we could do so. Like when we come together as a collective. We move mountains and we do so many great things and so many big things. Yeah, but yeah, not every movement in America owes us. Yeah, let me let me tell you. Let me, let me interject some here. Um, I think you you all have valid points, but I think you're still missing the key the key concept, the key part of the problem. The key part of the problem is economics, right? 
it's always it's it's gonna you will always get the Steve's talk about the root of this problem is based upon the lack of economics that I have in our community. If somebody's offering to put two hundred fifty thousand dollars in your account, you snitching on every damn body you can because you're trying to betterment of your family, right? And that is where the problem lies. The, the, when we talk about the movie, we, we talk about with um, with um, um, the singer. I can't remember the name. Billy right? Holiday. Yeah, Holiday. <clears throat> the reason why the gentleman did it, he had he was from the he was from a very successful family of mortuaries in Tennessee. But what he wanted to do, he wanted to establish himself as you know get it, get it his own because he had believed into the American dream that he needed to be, to, to um, bring himself up on the bootstraps. And he was all caught up in being the first black um, agent in the FBI and wanted to make that those strides in, the, in those areas. But what, he, what the cost to be that first black agent meant that he had to betray all the black people that they were that, that he had on their agenda. And he did it for a dollar. And the recognition of being in, in and being the pick me, choose me Negro. What's Condition in the dollar. Yeah, at the time, his mother even said, "You don't even have to do this." Like your father, exactly. Yeah, he, but he wanted that recognition because at the end of the day, in the movie, he even said it. He wanted to be seen as like basically he wanted to be included. Like, oh, I'm just as good as the white people, so I want him to respect me. But guess what? When he did what he did, even after he did what he did, they still treated him like a negro. They were still separated. Like there was no difference as far as the respect. In fact, remember when the dude told him was like, um, after Billy Holiday went to jail, he was like, go back and sweet talk her. She likes men. She'll talk to you again. So that's basically like, that's basically saying like, man, go back. Like, you know, that man is, they didn't show him any respect or anything like that. When you're doing that stuff, you're not, in fact, they actually look at you with more disdain because they're like, they don't even have loyalty to their own. Yeah. Like, you know, right. like on the job, right? I think we've all had one of these people or certainly have. Um, there's like this one person or maybe a couple people, but generally it's like one known person in your office that is always kissing the boss's ass. Yeah. That is oh, yeah. first to snitch. That is first to run, go tell it, right? But then come back around the crew like nothing's happening and smiling so they can stay inside and get the, the new dirt, right? Your manager usually knows who that person is. They know what that person is. They will never promote that person past a certain point. They would never trust that person with their own real shit, but they recognize their value for information. I don't know. I've had that person on my job. So that (laughs) same dynamic continues to transcend. And if you go back to some of our our prior conversations we've had over the, over time, it come from me a lot of it comes back to that messaging piece, which is and until we learn how to decipher messaging that's coming to us that's not for our best interests, then we'll constantly have that piece that that strives to be more white, right? And I'm not saying like be more white as though white is bad. White is what you are if you're white, but it's like when you want to be white because you disdain being black, yes. now white, there's white. a problem, right? If you want nicer things because you want to have nicer things, there's no problem there. But if you think by having nicer things, you are now better than the people that you used to be like, 
there's a problem, right? So like, this is a jacked up analogy, but it's kind of like the ant envying the eagle. And so because the ant can't fly and the ant isn't an eagle, he thinks less of himself. So he'll always be an inferior ant. Instead of focusing on as an ant, you come from a mighty race that controls really the earth itself. You so worried about something that isn't even in your, your, your realm of having to deal with that you're not becoming the master of that which you have, right? I don't wanna become an eagle. I want to be the best damn ant out here to make the ant people better, right? But so long as you got these people who are like, it's inferiority complex, which we know where it comes from. <laughs> but still, like Esther was saying, we got plenty of information. Teach yourself, get you around people who, are, who, who have a sense of self and become great of what you are. And, and like what, what Antoine was saying with the economics of it all, that's one of the ways they can keep you in bondage and keep you running around chasing your, your shadow because so long as you're broke, you're desperate. So long as you're desperate, you're available. And let me, let me put this caveat out there as far as the desperation and economic part. The thing about it is too, that we have to realize, even though there's been people that's been broke, if you have integrity, you have integrity. If you lack integrity, you lack integrity. Money doesn't give you, you can't buy integrity with money, but if you never had it to begin with, because there's people that even if they have money, they lack integrity, they'll sell somebody out in a heartbeat with millions of dollars. And there's, you know, it's easier to do when that person is desperate. But I've seen plenty of people that don't have a lot of money that they, you know, they have been enticed to do things that they know was not right because of money and because they had that integrity, they still were able to be strong enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I could use that money, but now nah, I'm good because I still have a legacy. I still have a family. And that might not be their currency. Huh? That might not be their currency, right? Like if you- But are you saying that anybody could be bought for the right price to sell somebody out? Is that what you're like in, a, in a way, but like it could be a different currency. Is what what's, I your, what's your currency to be bought? I don't know, and I hope I don't ever run into it. But here's where I'm saying, though, you can come to someone like me and, <clears throat> and offer me a bunch of money, and I and it's not gonna have me turn against my people because I've literally decided that I'll die for my people, right? You see, that's so, so that won't be my currency. But might it be your family? Might it be your children? Might it be your business? Might it be your citizenship? Might it be your freedom? Like these, we are dealing with an insidious force. <laughs> That will, if the money ain't going to get you, all right, let's switch it up and we'll come at you through your kids. And see, and we'll, we'll come through your mom. With us is, is trust. And, yeah. and, we, and we mentioned it in so many words. And if you want to go back, go back to the, and I, and I tell people this all the time, and I, I even mentioned this to both of my sons. You want to know why trust broke down amongst black people? Read the Willie Lynch letters. That's one of, that's, that's, I'm going to say it's a very informative piece of literature. And all it was was a pamphlet. What it started was, was dividing dark skin and light skin black. You know what I'm saying? But And then what, what say, Willie, colorism. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and Willie Lynch <clears throat> said, if you follow this, this will last for a hundred years, hundreds of years. And it did. And it didn't just stick to, to dark skin and light skin. 
It went from man to women to black people in business together because we're so quick to say what we don't trust. Hey, I got this business venture for you, this, and if we do this, this, and this, all we gotta do is this, this, and this. And there's something I'm gonna say within that pitch where you're gonna say, uh, I don't trust that. It could be well, the fact that maybe you think I'm gonna earn more money off of it than you, or maybe I could <clears throat> take all the money and leave you with nothing. The, the, the biggest thing is trust. We don't trust each other. That's why when it comes to that crabs in the barrel reference, it's mainly, if not always, meant towards us. Yeah, but well, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say, let me, let me say this, let me add this though. Um, and I, uh, if you are, you're right in, in some, some regards to a test, but I, it's, it's bigger, it's still bigger than that though, because like trust and principles and stuff like that, we're more principled people than anybody on, on the earth. We're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the one that we're very principled people. We're American. However, However, so what we have to understand is like, if you're if you're in business with somebody, right? Like, and I, I mean, T.S. We, we talked about this when I was talking about the, how the '50s and '60s and stuff. Like, we were self and more self-contained in our communities. We'd have you no, know, we we didn't have uh, nutrition deserts or something like that because we'd have a man that would come through the neighborhood with a truck, you know, mm. put some fruit on it, put some vegetables on it, stuff like that. But the thing about it is that once we once we and then, and this is what I, I've been getting hearing criticisms now about the the civil rights movement that one of the things they taught us to do is to how to sell our things away and then become so we can become a part of the white man's things, which I think is a, it's an unfair it's an unfair criticism. Yep. However, I understand it's it's a double edged sword though because it, it, in some regards it was it was right because we told go get go get an education so you can be a part so you can get more in the system that you that you were already dealing with. But it never told, it never, we've never ever had the thought like, well, maybe we need to create our own self-economic systems ourselves. When we had to, when we were forced to because of segregation, we were forced to do that. And when they're forced to do that, we have more jobs, we have more businesses, we have more, we have more wealth in our community. They we have black funeral, have black funeral homes. But I mean, not, not in every situation, but like you look at those areas like black funeral homes, black uh, churches, black, um, Black businesses, black, you know, we had more things. But however, when, when we when we sold, when we said, okay, we want we want to be more integrated to the white society, that's when we sold our stuff off. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the fish man wouldn't come around no more selling you fish. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a self, it wasn't a self-contained, the dollar, the black dollar was was not staying in the community anymore. So I think about that, and and this there was a long way to say what I was gonna say was that. You you have to understand as a black businessman that you if you are going to be successful, ultimately successful, that you are going to have to keep your principles to how what they are, right? And if you the first moment, the first slippery slope you get on is when you say, "Well, I want to expand among above this, right? I want to go to the white neighbors. I want the white dollar now." When you do that, that is when you get on a slippery slope, and that is when that's when you're compromised. That's when you, well, we will, you know, we like your business, but you know, said your demographic is a little suspect for us. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. we like your business, but it 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 it's too it's too defined to a black to that that urban. certain two step yeah, yeah. that urban urban. Yeah, right? yeah. So we, urban. Yeah. So we need you. We need you to um, whitewash generalize it. it. Generalize it more. We like your we like your business, but. Your own your niche market is too small, yeah. right? What we like those are those. Are, yeah, what makes you unique is the very thing we want to change. Exactly. Right, 
So, so those things. So, when you have to have, we have to have it. We have to have the intestinal fortitude and understanding that we can't change our, we can't change our secret sauce just to get, just to water it down for somebody else to be applicable. Because what happened is that they'll, they'll, they'll get hooked on our secret sauce and make it their own secret sauce and then try to sell it back to us. Well, that's that's, that's what music right now, isn't it? That's but, our um, that's of course it's a mystery, but it's been everything our art it's been everything that we everything that we create our cultures are everything they, they, they'll criticize us for it and then take it and then bring it and sell it back to us yeah that's because we keep centering whiteness right so i said all that was that when when cortez was talking about it devises no what devises that we want we want the economics that they have and when we want their economics instead of saying you know what i'm gonna stay black I'm gonna stay to my core group. You come to me, right? When you come to me, then I then then I'll make my money. But I'm not gonna come to you asking for your money, right? Because what's gonna ha what's happening now? And I'm thinking I'm 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 glad I'm seeing a conscious movement, and especially coming from Atlanta. It's not in LA. I'm gonna tell you right now. There's when you talk to someone from LA doing business, you talk to someone from Atlanta doing business. Their core concepts are always different. LA is always trying to be more commercial, trying to be more viable for everybody. Atlanta's like, I don't give a fuck about everybody. I know that if I do a business that benefits my people, that everybody else will be will, will benefit from it from as well. And that's and that's what I like about doing business in Atlanta. Um, because the billionaire, the millionaires and billionaires that we have here, that's their thought, their thought. We ain't trying to be like everybody else. Well, if I'm couple couple things within what you were saying, overarching, once again, I agree, because I think we almost always do on the overarching part. But like, I, I think when we look back at the civil rights era, you know, it's real easy, especially since none of us were in it. <laughs> um, but um, when we look back at it, it's like, it's not either or, it's both and. You know, um, if you were in a situation where you can't buy housing, because keep, keep in mind that for almost the entire South, you really couldn't truly own property per se, unless you were lucky uh, until like the early fifties. So that's a huge part. Cause that's how America has always moved its, its wealth is through land, right? And they borrow you from that for 300 years and then say, hey, now you can play. Um, oh, and, and you, don't, you don't have no money, but- You, you can play in red line. You can play in red line areas. Right. You don't ever get value which we won't lend to. So now we're building homes out of cardboard and plywood and things like that. Um, so on then, land we'll never own. On land we'll never own, right. You can own your house, but you can't own the dirt that it sits on. And the reason you can own the house is because we would never even approve that house to have been built in the first place, right? Um, and then we know the, the legacy that continues from there. But just even within that small piece of it, if you if that's been your experience from the 1870s to the 1950s, uh, and then here we are moving into the 60s and everything has been scraping and scrounging and just trying to survive, I, I, I can't fault the messaging that we picked up, which was go to college now that you can finally go to college and get you some of that uh, white folk security so that you don't have to live like this no more. How many times have we heard the stories from that era where they sent their children away, not because they didn't love them, but because it was a chance for the child to 
you know, right. hopefully do something more. Yeah. Right. And back to that. Yeah. So it's like if your your choices are abject poverty and a hope of something more, because we're our people are a hopeful people. Um matter of fact, that's the biggest thing they sell us. Uh but anyway, so given that, I I I can't really blame people for taking perhaps too much of the wrong message coming out of it. I would have definitely preferred more of the Malcolm and Stokely Carmichael uh, Avenue to come out of the 60s, but it didn't, right? There's, there's pieces of us out there, but the bigger part was the Martin part, which was to uh, assimilate, mm. see my humanity and, and, and kind of move. And then we created our black middle class of the, the late 70s and what's now the baby boomer blacks who have most of our money right now. So it's like, yeah, you look backwards, it's easy to kind of split some of that stuff. Like the man who came around with the, the fish and the meat and the vegetables, he did that because he had to. You know what I'm right. saying? He's like the equivalent of being an Uber driver today. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to be an Uber driver, but it's a way to make money without being completely dependent on somebody who just fired you six months ago and put your family in ruins, you know? So yeah, it's, it's that whole blend. But for once, I'm still gonna come back to like the messaging piece, which is if until we stop centering whiteness and start to center blackness, and I don't know if maybe this is part of what Esther was hitting on, when you center your community, then it doesn't matter what other communities are doing. You can look at other communities and be like, yo, look at how the Koreans on Pleasant Hill have built up the entire area, right? Amongst themselves. Yeah, doing, doing business. Huh? I say it belongs to them. If you go Pleasant right. Hill, they own everything. They don't change the signs for you. Yeah, nothing. They don't right? for us. We're the only one that changed for them. Exactly. Well, we're the only ones that grew up behind enemy lines too. But but at the same time, we can learn from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I go up the That's street, my point. That's my point though. That but, was my whole point. Yeah, but well, I, I took it a little bit off because one of the other things I took from it was that when you try to grow, then you start to lose yourself. And I don't think that that's necessarily true either. I just think that you have to be, like you were saying, you gotta be willing to be small. Don't be so anxious to cross over, right? Mm -hmm. But we as black people in America, have grown up behind enemy lines. We are extremely Negro opinion. <laughs> so we see, when we see them, we see ourselves. And when you see them and you see yourself, that means you're also still centering. That's the part of the, this, this our house boss nigga shit. That's our, this, this us, this our house. That's part of our, our house mentality. Like you said, like you just, you just said, you hit it on the head, exactly. We so Negro opinion because we see that this is us too, right? But this, this is what America has constantly showed us that this economy is built on you, not for you. Exactly. exactly. And you're not entitled to anything. And, so if we, if we're, and we're trying to be, us trying to, the one of the, thing, one of the things we always try to do is try to be a part of their economy, right? What we right need to be is understand, and, and the Asian people are very good examples. Of, they don't care about their economy. Their con they build their stuff for their people, and then their people come, and then other people come. But, right, like, but they also have a homeland. So that is true. That's true. Yes. The irony is this, though. This is the thing in this country. All the innovations, the ideas, um, buildings, 
it, it's either been an idea stolen by us, work done by us, and even down to sports, okay? The majority of athletes that you see making these people billions and billions of dollars is black people or a, a few brown people. And it's a couple, you know, a few whites, but sports, everything. But yet they can make money off of you, but you can never get, you know, to where they're at. You can never get a piece of that pie because it's like, you're, no matter what it is, what, what idea it is, no matter if it's a sport, whatever it is, I'm going to make money off of you. You're going to shut up. You're going to get this little chump change and you're going to keep it moving. How dare you want to be where I'm at? That's the problem. Well, let me tell you why. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's one of the things is that to ownership is long-term money. Ownership is not, you can't get fast money off ownership. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I watched Grant Cardone all the time. And one of the things he said, I was, I was a millionaire and I was still driving a Toyota, right? If we, if, in our community, if you, if you've gotten that status, you have to show people you have that status. And that's something that, that we feel that we have to do. Well, yeah, we know it's 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 our it's our mentality, our condition. It's not just our from, mentality, and we come from a people it's that young, not had nothing. Yeah, it's young money versus old money. You know right, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, but, they had their time of like flashing and and being flashy and doing dumb shit. It was just it was, it was like 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now nah, but, they look at it. this more settled. You know they don't they don't the, 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 the gradual it's the, it's the gradual. I just think that it, when from now on, like if, if for net worth, right? When you have when you when you're going up that ascending up the hill, you can't you always looking rich or looking like you have money is not always the best thing to do. Agreed. You know reinvesting your reinvesting your business, and a lot of times when we start making it, we got to show people we're successful. We have to show. I had I and and, it, and it's 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 difficult because like if the more more anti that you are. Especially me coming as a person about to own an agency, like the uh, the long game, the long game is you're not going to look rich. You know what I'm saying? Me taking twenty four thousand dollars salaries every uh, for the first five six years is not going to make me look rich. But the fact that I have a business that will be growing that will grow exponentially over over each year and carry over that's where my long that's the long game. I won't look I won't look like I have any money for years. Yeah, but Antoine. That's true. And you've gone through things and you've learned things um, that have shaped your vision. Everybody didn't have that, right? Everybody hasn't had the education or the exposure. But a lot of times what we see as far as flashy to me is that young money, mm -hmm. right? And young money wants to show off. Young money walks into uh, an area that they were never allowed to be in before and mm -hmm. everybody's still ignoring them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm now worth a hundred million dollars. You know, I couldn't even walk up into your your little stupid uh, club or whatever. And now I'm here and you still treat me like I'm nothing. You still treating me like I'm the help. You know what I'm saying? So now mm -hmm. I'm gonna make sure I can stun on you. I'm gonna show you I can spend whatever you can spend. What, what, what right? is, this is the issue right here though. It's time to interrupt you. And that's the problem. That's a mental illness because why would you, if somebody treats you badly and still told you that when you didn't have money, they were like, you weren't welcome here because of your skin or whatever, 
now that you have money, they still gonna treat you like shit. So instead, your payback is to go back and waste your good hard-earned money on somebody, a motherfucker that doesn't even like you and still don't like you, and now you're making them rich. Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm not saying it makes sense. What I'm saying is it can be explained as to why it's happening. It still isn't right. You know what I'm saying? That's what like, that's that's why I said it. I think Atlanta is is one of the key places where Atlanta's changing. Man, Atlanta is is what you described, okay? But then it's a whole lot of impossible to make it high on credit. Yes, yeah, broken. Right. So, right. Right. Oh, oh no, Atlanta's a place where you make it. Right? You you gonna make your money if if you ain't if you could be you could be chicks doing braces and doing uh, teeth with no licenses and accreditations and like that. You getting your money, right? My whole point is my whole. My whole point of that is that the the emphasis of now in Atlanta is that if you have money, your prop your your thing is not to just show it off. Your thing is to show it off and then show other people how to make it themselves. You know what I'm saying? The the the, the real flex is giving back to people. You got forty people underneath you that are making money too. And then you got in Atlanta. In Atlanta, though, they don't give back. A lot of people they're scammers. They act like, oh, let me show you how to make money, but they. A lot of them are scammers. A lot of them are broke. A lot, a lot of them, them are parasites. Yeah, a lot of them, yes, they dress good. They got they got $20 in a lint in, in their pockets. That's it. In Atlanta, everybody's somebody. I don't know anybody. When I first moved here, that wasn't somebody. that wasn't balling. You see them, and, and they dress to the nines, and they got all these, you know, everything is labels, and there's nothing wrong with labels. You know what I'm saying? If you got it, hey, it's yours to do with what you, you know, how you see fit. However, you're gonna, but you're gonna get that though. You're gonna get that though. But you just painted it as though, like, I agree with you as there far is as there is both. Like, like you just said, there's both. There's both. There's a lot of black ex. There's not just both. It's all of it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Every level of experience is here in Atlanta. And if From you step Zimbabwe. outside of Atlanta, now you will begin to see the reality of your people as a whole. Okay. A lot of the black wealth is in your major cities. It's in your Houston. It's in your Atlanta. It's in your Char uh, Char Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's in these places. In New York. It's in Las Vegas. It's in Los Angeles. Yes, you will find it real wealth, real networking, real growth, real. These are people who will have legacies for their families for generations because they're doing the stuff that they've learned from the white people and the Asian people and the Jewish people and all these people and they're putting it to work and they got networks that cross color lines and they do all of that. No doubt. Still, 40% of the black population in America is at or below the poverty line. So, the cities may be doing okay in certain respects, but our people <laughs> are hurting. And if you're in these places, I kind of put it like an analogy of being the rookie not even not a rookie, not a rookie, because rookies usually got good money. But like the 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 extra dude on the football team, right? The dude who's getting the two hundred thousand dollars salary. Hey, right? I'm extra for two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but but here where I'm going. Here where I'm going though. You make two hundred grand a year. If you were hanging with me making two hundred grand a year, Joe, you the man, right? But you want to go hang out with um, Drew Brees. Cause he's on your team. So every time Drew Brees goes out, he literally money don't matter, right? He could buy whatever he wants. His entourage can buy whatever they want, you know, whatever. 
But for you to stay in that circle, the money you spend hits harder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I'm saying? Yeah. So, so here in Atlanta, you have a lot of that. You have the ones who are aspirational trying to catch up with the ones who are actually making that kind of money and they're spinning themselves into a hole in debt. And then you have, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, I'm good. No, I was saying, and then too, you have to take into consideration the part two, morals play a big factor um, because like if I didn't have morals, I'd be rich out here in Atlanta. Hoes winning. If you have morals, keep you back. If you're willing to do, and that was, and that's excellent because I was going to ask this question earlier. It's kind of a rhetorical question, but so long as we continue to center the white society as what's normative, because to me that's economic, social, religion, whatever you want to do, it all will come back to what are you centering. So if you're centering white culture and society as normative, and then you got to ask yourself to have what they have. Are you willing to do what they have to do? Or what they already did. Uh, how, how, how far, how far are you willing to lower yourself to get it? Going back, to, going back to what Esther was saying about scammers, I was going to say prime example of the scammers. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who was getting those messages. You send me $100 and I'll flip it for you and send you back 1000 or send you back 4000 You know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody who's actually done that but yet they got all these videos on their page of people. Oh yeah, this person's legit. This is legit. This shit is real. Do this shit uh, it's, real quick. It's the, it's the. Do you have a Chase or a, a Bank of America or do you have a what kind of account do you have? And I can bring you open account. I can give you six thousand dollars. We make oh, it. Man. How many times do we see like high school kids that got ate up in that one, Antoine? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. But yeah, Unless, those are the parasites that Esther was talking about. You know right. what I'm saying? If you have no what more- What is no, this? So good like, at being a parasite. Send me $5 and I'll send you back 20. Okay. Right. And then people be like, yeah, I'll drop that five because you know I get back that 20. It's, you know what I'm saying? That's like a lot of money back. You know what I'm saying? I do that a few times. But what they don't realize is I'm sitting on the inside like getting $5 from everybody and not paying nobody out 20. Right. Yeah. I'm good though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> What was the boy's name? Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Madoff. What was the one that scammed those people? Madoff. 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 Biggest Ponzi scheme in history. Okay. So, so it's like, yeah, there's a lot of ways to get it, but kind of going back to it. Um, so we can make sure we hit on that last piece for us that we want to touch on. Um, it's about what are we going to center, and what are you willing to do to have it? You know what I'm saying? Like, are if you think that you should have everything that white people have, then are you willing to do the things that white people have done, right? And it's not all of them. All of them benefit from it, but only a few dedicated people were willing to get in the dirt and do the evil that had to be done to create a system that everybody can then eat off of. Are you willing to be one of the ones to do that evil stuff? And if your answer is no, then you're not gonna have what they have. <laughs> right so now you need to figure out how do you that's interesting it and have something different that's interesting you said that's interesting what you said though but you know in warfare some people have to get killed some eggs have to get broke you know what i'm right. saying well so, i use i'm full of so what you just, my favorite one is like building a house you know what i'm saying everybody wants to come and hang the drapes everybody wants to come and help decorate the, the living room 
But are you willing to be the one who has to go get in the mud on a rainy day to lay the foundation? Are you the one willing to stink and be dirty and be tired and be cut and be bruised and be hated and belittled and un all of that? Are you willing to be that one so that somebody else can come hang the drapes? And the answer is always no. Right. Unless but you get it out yourself. They were. They were willing they to were. enslave other people. They were willing That's to genocide of other people. They were willing to go out and steal other lands. They were willing to go out and make like Puerto Rico its own part of the American territories, even to this day. 2021, we got territories, dog. You know what I'm saying? That only comes from trade-offs with other countries in warfare. Okay. So if you're not willing to do that dirty dirt, that's why you're not hanging the drapes right now. Oh, and they also know the value. They know the value of that. Theus right now. I love to see this passionate theist, dog. When he starts preaching and stuff, you better preach this. Preach <laughs> All right, look, let's get into let's get into the next topic, y'all. We want to talk about it was a teacher. Um, I don't remember what state it was in, mm. but the teacher was basically trying to reinvent the N-word. First right, of on. all, I'll get that. Go ahead and keep talking. I'm gonna get it ready for you. I was about to say, first of all, can you reinvent the N-word? Hell no. At, at this point, I agree with you, Esther. I don't think you can. Prove yeah, until me. You until you run my reparation money, you can't, run, you can't reinvent anything. I don't give a shit if you <laughs> give reparation money. You that, that don't even matter never, either. Ever. Run me my reparations. Run me my, run me my, uh, give me back the equity. Then we, when, they, when the word has no power, where the word has no meaning, where the word has no has no no justification in our system. Then you can talk about anything you want to, but until yeah. so, so it, it happens, no, 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 no. There's going to be no amount of money that could overturn that. No, that word, that word needs to be retired. You need to treat that word like if I said one of the words that insult the Jewish community. That's how. That's that word. Absolutely, because this is the thing. How you, how are you going to reinvent a word? when you know exactly what it was rooted in and what it cost people. And then for them to be the one to try to, no, you're not going to downplay that shit. That word, y'all used it. Y'all uh, y'all used that word to abuse, oppress, rape, kill, pillage. Every atrocity that, that has ever been committed, you did it because of that word. And now you want to downplay that shit. Do you know how insulting that is? If you even, if you even say something against, um, the Israel people, if you say anything against the Jewish people, you will lose your home, you will lose your job, you will lose your credibility. They don't even play that shit. But yeah, when it comes to black people, you think that it's okay to try to reinvent that shit will never be okay. You it will never be okay for all the tea in China. It will never be okay for any reparations. It will never because that word is that word and it will forever be that word because of the price that black people had to pay for that word that they created to oppress us. So that's well, a beware, beware your sleepy eyed Negroes and your deflecting white folk and all the other people who will always come with that old tired refrain. Will you say it? Okay. Right. Now, so, stop. So so what if I do? It's it's our word now, you know. That that's one thing. Um, I mean, we need to retire too. We but, I mean, I'm not, I'm, too, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying it's right to use it by any means. You know, what I'm saying we know where it comes from. We know how demeaning it was for us to say it. Do we say it? Do do a lot of us say it? Of course we do. Yeah, we say it. Do we like when white people say it? Hell no. 
Because yeah, no, I'm coming for you if you do. Right, but here's right. the thing, though. It comes back to one of the things Esther said, I think, the last time we were together. There's double standards in life. Exactly. So what I want to know is, why do you want to say it so bad? Exactly. Right? That's my you, what you, makes you it right say, well, we say it. Bad. Well, you guys say it all the time. Okay, well, we say it to each other. Okay, that doesn't make it right. You know what I'm saying? Wrong is wrong, right is right, and whatever, whatever. So I'm not even going to sit here and try to justify to myself to you as to why we say what we say. What I will ask you is, why you want to say it? Exactly. And moreover, right. is, to your point, my thing is this. When you say that the Black community, they say they shouldn't say it, you're not saying that shit for real because you care about the Black community and thinking and you want better for us. You're saying that shit because you feel that it's unfair that you're not able to say that word. That's the, entitled. the root of the problem right there. Yeah, they're so damn entitled. And, 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 and this statement that I'm making is not an indictment against any individual white person. Almost anything I say is never about any individual white person. I'm talking about your culture. Okay, so everything we have, it's just like on the plantation, where if there were ever more than one black person in one area, there had to be at least one white person present. Why do you have to be in everything? Because you're afraid that your guilt is going to be acted upon. We can't have anything, right? NAACP, it was started by a Jewish group of people and some black people. Yeah, that's cool, whatever. But you always got to be there. Um, if you have a, a Black Lives Matter, who shows up? Uh, one, Almost one in three of the people there. It's going to be some white folks. I appreciate you being there. I'm cool. That's we, appreciate point. we appreciate our allies. Sure. My point, that ain't my point. My point isn't that you're there. My, my point isn't, my point is that you have to be everywhere. That's my and, point. And then this okay? is the thing. <laughs> For a teacher, you're an educator, you're teaching young minds. So for you to have the, uh, first of all, that topic, that conversation should have never been had, period. She should have never fixed her little dusty lips to even make that topic. And you should not have a job because you're raggedy. Only a raggedy ass teacher would sit there and you better be lucky that that's not my son that's sitting in front of you. Because let me tell you something. Let that be my son. And that's what you were saying, sis. You would have had to come see me. Me and you would have so, had it out personally. So this happened in Florida. But it's happened all over the country. But right. this particular happened in Florida. I was going to say Florida. <laughs> a, a white man. And I believe he's been fired now. If not, he's still on suspension. One of the two. You know how that goes. Would I pay? Yeah, that too. But it, I, I, I'm proud of the young man. Yes. He identified bullshit when he heard it. Oh, right. absolutely. Right? So right. I appreciate that. That means somebody was teaching their, their boy right. Um, but then it comes back to my concern, which is why I keep harping on, we got to get back in these schools. We have to become involved because these are the people teaching our children, man. And, and I'm not saying they all like this, but it only takes one. That one person in that one classroom talks to five different classes every day. And in each of those classes, there could be one of us. It could be 20 of us. But that person's downloading this kind of misinformation as though it were fact. Another thing, we got to make sure that we get our children to, to come home and open up to us about this stuff. Because, because a lot of times, if the teacher has that silver tongue, and is a good enough talker to get into a young child's mind 
he can get that child to believe whatever he wants him to, he or she wants him to believe because they're the teacher. I'm the one teaching you. Yeah. You're in a position of so, Right. Well, so so we as we as parents, we gotta hit more of these PTA meetings. We gotta we gotta pop up at our children's classrooms, whether it's scheduled or unscheduled. We gotta hear what the hell this teacher's talking about. And you gotta actually have... talk to your kids, like you said. Not exactly. just reach at them, don't just yell at them, don't exactly. just how was your day um, but right. right. I don't want to just know what's going on in your English and, and your science class. Tell me what your history teacher talked to you about today. You know, what 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 did they diff what did they um defer from or tell you different from from what's in your book? And teach them there, and I'll, I'll always stand on this, man. You gotta teach your kids who they are, somebody else will. Exactly. So, Exactly. You I remember are the number one teacher and you need to do your job. And I remember I got sent out of the office. I don't even remember it says when I got sent out of the uh, I got sent out of class in, in Washington State because I was like we was getting through we was going through the history books stuff like that. We was doing civil rights partnership. I said I call bullshit in the middle of the class I was like this is bullshit. I go mm -hmm. talk to me about because my dad had my dad was fortunately had gave me has gave me had purchased me the black encyclopedia, right? Right. So my black, I read that motherfucker all the way through, right? A to Z. Right. So I, I knew I knew my history because uh, my dad was, was important. So when I, when I when it came to, when they were teaching me history back to me, I could identify that it was revisionist history right away. And I called, I called the teacher out on it. I can't remember what teacher it was, but I called the teacher out on it and we, I became a disruptor of the class. Was was it our basketball coach? I want to say it might it might have been. It was a, I remember it was a coach though. Yeah, um, I, had his, I had his class tall. Uh, I, I want to say he was a redhead dude. I can't remember his name, but I had his class too. I know you're talking about. If it was the basketball coach, yeah, I had his class too. I've been put but, out of um, classes. Ain't even funny, dog. The people with red hair and super pale since children of the porn. <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. You too, Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I just put that out there. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's like we we have to. We gotta. You know, we gotta center our own community. Um, and it's only a bad thing. Like people take what I say when I say centering us, and and I'm swear that they they'll twist that like I'm saying be anti this or anti that. Where if you really knew what I was trying to say to you, I'm not anti anything. If you go back to what um, Huey Newton and Bobby Seale and Fred Hampton and all of them were saying, they were saying power to the people. Right. Black power for black people, red power for Indian people, white power for white people, power to the people. I think that you That's should cool. never be ashamed of whatever you are. If you're black, white, Asian, Native American, uh, Island Pacific, uh, Pacific Islander, I mean, whatever you, gay, trans, whatever you are, be, be proud probably. of that. And center right. your identity so that when you're going through this thing, you are looking out for what is in your best interest, but never to the express detriment of other people. See, that's where you have a problem with me. That's when right. I'm gonna stand up and fight against you. Is right. when there, there's a way there's a way to represent yourself and your people. Just don't place yourself above anybody else. Exactly. Right. I mean, well, kind of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
don't don't think yourself supreme because I mean, I, whatever your faith is, I don't rock with any particular religion, but I do honor the creator and I do owe my identity, my life and everything to that which is the creator. So given that, how can I ever think I'm better than the next man, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm a divinely created work of God. So I'm not going to sit here and think that just because you are white, you're better than me. No, you're not. You're different than me, but you ain't better than me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a rock in my lane. And vice versa. And vice versa. Absolutely. Right. Twan, Twan, but finish your story about you getting kicked out of class. What you called out? Yeah, what I called out was that we were looking at the, we're talking about civil rights and talking about the black, uh, it was like a, a little small portion because it was mm-hmm. only, it was only like three paragraphs, right? And I was like, I go, do you think that black history only began with, uh, and I just read the book before the Mayflower. Uh, it was, I said, it was that, do you think that black history just began with the civil rights movement in America? That it just began with, with, with slavery? That that's, that's the only history you know that we, that we contribute to this, 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 uh, this nation? And he was like, well, you're, you know, no, of course not, but they, you know, this is, this is an important, you can't have every defining history. I said, but the whole book is about your history. And it defines all your history from A to Z with very much detail, with a lot of detail, a lot of, she said, and I, I said, well, why don't your books reflect my history? Why don't your books reflect the Asian culture? Why don't your books reflect Native American uh, contribution? Why is it always, why is it only your contribution that's centered? And I go, and the mentality of means brought to me was like, it made, as a black child sitting in class, I'm like, this is who you are, but this is what we are. It reinforced white supremacy and that I only contribute this so much, two or three paragraphs to this, this nation, but I contribute the whole 400 pages of this book, right? So I took offense to that and I said something, I said, your curriculum is bullshit. It's not, it's not real, it's not right. You, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do it. And he told, at that point he said, Sir, you need to leave our class because you are disruptive. Our class he sent me to he sent me to Karen Eitram's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't hear about my dad came there. My dad was pissed. Because he was like, he's telling the truth. Why, why my son telling the truth? So then I so the rest of the class, I had to sit in detention, like in service detention, and like learn about myself. Like right. you they, they took me out. Yeah, they took me out. So I was like, okay. Um, so that's but but at that point, I think that. Because kids heard me say that, that gave me more credibility as far as, that point I was really popular, but I wasn't popular on the political side, right? Mm-hmm. That gave me more political power because I was saying something that they, they probably all thought or, or wanted to say. Because in, I'm, and I go back, my, even my last trip back to Washington State recently, um, I didn't realize I have Asian people in my family, but I see now how my Asian friends had to do similar things that I had to do so they could fit in as well. Like, especially my Korean friends, like they were, they were mocked. They were, you know, they were told that you, you know, you're stinky. You know, say so they came from houses where their culture, where they you know they had kimchi or whatever, or whatever they were, they were told that they were nasty or whatever, whatever it was. And that they that had a profound uh still effect on them on how they assimilate, how they tried to assimilate into in white culture. And I never was about you know, assimilation. White culture has pretty much absorbed them, and they're okay. But no, as a child, though, yeah, I remember all of that. But they're and not. They're not okay anymore. They're not okay anymore. They're not. They absorb them, and they get. I know you get in the preferential 
of minorities, but they're not okay with it anymore. They're not okay with the, hearing the coronavirus jokes. No, anymore. no, 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 no. They're not okay. I was, I was about to hit that. No, I agree with you. But I mean, as they're, far they're, as there, there is awakening in their community as well. Yeah, in the American caste system, but, they but, are but, still but, one but, step off of white. But yeah, they, they've, been be white. Black, they've been treating black people just like how the racists treat us. So I'm not going to sit there and cape for them. Yeah. And, and, no, and, I'm not saying we need to, but I just said we, just a realization that that that, that they were that they have their, their struggle as well. No, no, now, I agree. Not, it might have been as bad as child slavery, like you said, but there still was a date. But when I said that in class, that resounded with them as well. Because I had the courage to speak up and talk about it as well. Oh, no, no, Antoine, I agree with you. No, no, no. What I was hitting at, because my point wasn't fully fleshed, right? Anything that's not white is not white in America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not right. So, mm -hmm. so we live in a caste system. And at the bottom of that caste system is the Native American people, and then us, and then Latinos, because they're able to kind of, depending upon their shade, they can kind of, you know, move among groups. And then you have like your Asiatic, Asiatic cultures and the Indians and then the white people, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's established, but that doesn't mean that no one's dealing with oppression and, and abuse. Where you have a problem with me, which is why, and, and I'm certainly not trying to speak for my sister, but where you have a problem with me is my advocacy will only go so far because I'm looking at you over time. Mm -hmm. So right now, the culture has become so toxic that uh, that Asian communities are being terrorized by these white nationalists and, and these Trump people and all of that. And I advocate for you from that standpoint as no one should be abused simply because of who they are. Right. But then I have to stop because for the last 20 years, you've been largely silent when we catch in hell all, all over right, the place. Right. You were just fine mm -hmm. to hang out under the radar. You know what I'm saying? So right. you, I'm looking at things like, look, I will work with anybody in this freedom struggle. I will work with anybody, white, black, all y'all. I'll work with any of you, but there's conditions to it. I'm on some, we need to have partnerships and, and collaborations. We not on this. I'm going to show up for you every time and you silent when it's me. And, and, and that's exactly what happens because we, as black people, we have bleeding hearts. We always take for anybody that we see being oppressed, like whether it be the Hispanics, whether it be the Mexicans when it comes to immigration, whether it be the Asians, but it's just like Thea has said. But when it comes to us, you know, they'll, oh, we're with you. Oh, that's bad what's happening to you. But they say that silently and, you know, in secret when nobody else can hear it. Like you don't see them out here. So that's why I don't like, you know, when, especially when it comes to Asians, like Thea said, I feel bad that nobody should be mistreated. Nobody should be terrorized. Nobody should be, you know, beaten or abused. However, we, when all those things were happening to us, they said that was not their problem because it's not their community. It's not their people that mind their business. And I'm keeping that same energy that they had when it comes to, when it came to my people, that is not my people. That is not my business. And I'm minding my business, but I'm gonna pray for y'all though. And I feel bad for y'all. I hope that worked out. But I'm not caping for them, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I need you to show right. up in force. I just need you to show up in numbers. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. the, 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 you know, a few exceptions, because there's wonderful people no matter where you are, and there's terrible people no matter where you are. So every time we- But yeah, I also think about it, so in another way, I think about how culturally that's not their culture. What's their, not their, their culture? Their culture is not to be, like, especially, 
those that are immigrated to the United States, their culture was always told to keep their head down and keep working. Their but culture is never told. Their culture is to go into black community and and take black dollars and not give back to the same community. So you're right next to us. You're yeah, you're so in. Right. Right. Argument does not stand with me at all. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about all that. You all that you you speaking on is, is is absolutely correct. But I'm saying our culture is different. Though. Our cultures are different. Our but cultures however, are different. but don't like right now they're trying to build. And I'm speaking in general sense. They're trying to build this this sameness, this oneness. There's no sameness. Their struggle no at this moment. Yes, they are. No sameness. No sameness. There, there could never be. There, there could never be a sameness to, to child slavery. No, 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 no. There I'm not be. reaching that far back. I'm not reaching that far back. I'm yeah. talking about right now. Oh, okay, right I'm gonna say there's never could be a sameness. Like right and now, and inter- Japanese internship is not the same. Huh? Japanese internship is not the same uh, as, as or immigration. None of that was the same. Right, and I'm and, and and I'm careful not to go that far back for this particular point I'm making because then we start measuring pain, right? right. And and I don't think that's ever a good contest to be in, ever. right? It's never a truly good contest to compare chattel slavery to the Jewish Holocaust to the indigenous people yeah, genocide. Like you 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 can't really, you know, it's like evil happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was evil. Yeah. Like what we're dealing with now over the last, I'll say 40 years, just my lifetime, we can look at policy positions, we can look at group activities, we can look at economics, we can look at all the various social dynamics and draw direct inferences now. And absolutely now, when you had that Asian officer in New York that killed that man in the projects, yes, because he was scared, because it yeah. was dark. And then when they came and got that Asian officer and they were about to railroad that boy and make sure he paid for what he did, the Asian community got real upset. And then when the uh, 14th Amendment, which was written for us, <laughs> okay, they're using that to go against Harvard and all the other Ivy League schools because they're saying that they are not getting their shot because those schools are using affirmative action to let black people in. So if you're going to sit there and want me to stand for you now, I'm wondering why was it you were okay with either at directly going against the interests of my community or ignoring the pain of my community while that, we subsidize your community all this part, time. That part. Get yeah. right. Get right. Just that's and all I'm saying. I will march with you. I will be right there with you, volunteering in, in uh, Chinatown and volunteering in, in the little areas in, in Atlanta or wherever. I'm with you because I, I, I hate hate. Okay. Mm. But where the hell have you been? But, and, 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 and this makes a valid point because this is the thing where we as Black people have to be very careful when you're talking about civil rights and activism. Because for too long, every other race has jumped in on the civil rights action without putting anything in. The homosexuals come, they want gay rights, they want, you know, they want to be to be able to get married and change everything around. And what do they equate that to? The civil rights. Um, any other race, uh, the, the, with the white women, when they were being oppressed and suppressed, they, you know, they came in, they're like, come on, black sisters, 
you know, walk with me and we're, we're feminists, we're this and that. And then as soon as they got their agenda met, they was like, fuck black people. So my whole thing is I'm not going to get sidetracked at anybody else's issues, especially when they weren't caping for me. My whole thing is, oh, that's sad because they're already building a bit, uh, they're already creating a bill and with funds to help you because you're being, you know, because you're being harassed and you're being brutalized. I don't see that for black people. It still ain't did it for us when it comes to police violence. I don't have anything against Asian people, but as a collective, you come into black. I do have a problem when you come into specifically communities of color to come set up your beauty supply shops, to come set up your nail shops, to come set up whatever other shop that you have and you take from that community and then you, you act like you're better than that, that community. You act like you're better than that people, than those people. You don't speak up for those people when they're being brutalized and then you, do, you give them the same treatment. You give them your ass to kiss and then now because you're getting a taste of it because now that Trump said that it's the China virus i'm supposed to cry for you fuck you okay i'm gonna pray for you but i'm not caping for you because until y'all not caping for us when all these bad things are happening and y'all on the front lines with us it's always gonna be fuck you for, uh, for me i'm keeping that same fuck you energy that you were passing around that's the same energy i'm keeping so fuck you like i'm gonna pray for you i don't want nothing bad to happen for you to you but i'm not caping for you it's fuck you energy all year round and the oh, following yeah. year after that until y'all actually prove to me that you're in it with me. We're not like, now, now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time for the black community. And I'm talking about like the uh, ADOS, American descendants of, of American chattel slavery, right? Black community, our immigrant black community, first, second, third generation, our Latino community, first, second, third generation, this is the time for those particular groups to really get together when it comes to things like employment and it comes to things like housing and it comes to things like uh, criminal justice reform because it hits all of us. All of the ones I named, we get hit on that. This is a time for the Asian communities that have been sheltered a lot of, for the most part throughout all of this and have been dealing with a lot of trauma and pain, but they keep it inside and they do whatever they do. Okay, all right, got you. But this is a time for you to build common cause with us and other similar groups to stand up against white nationalism and white supremacy. These are the times where we have shown our doors have been open this whole time waiting for you to come help us. Yep. Now, come join us. But I'm not coming looking for you, right? Because every time I've come looking for you, it's been, I don't know what you're talking about. So now that you are dealing with some of the things that we're dealing with, I'm saying, come on, come on home. Let's do this. Let's pick up the mantle of the Black Panther Party. Let's pick up the mantle of Fred Hampton. Let's pick up the mantle of Martin Luther King. Let's pick up the mantle of all these that have come before us and say, now is the time to find our common causes and do something together. But if you waiting on me to get my Black community together to come ride for you, nah, that ain't happening. You need to come check in. You need to come check in and you need to come tell me what you want to work on with me. And then we agree and we'll work on that together. Yeah. On that note, that's it. That's a good way to start it. That's a good way to end that. Yeah. Yeah. My thing, ask, ask, ask me if I'm okay. Ask me what I need. Ask me, hmm. ask me how much of your help do I need? That's Great discussion. Great discussion.
All right. All right. So wrapping it up, y'all? Yeah, that'd be wrapping it, then. Okay, okay. On it. Well, my, my final thoughts is uh, know your history. You know what I'm saying? If, if you don't know it, find out about it. You know? And, and that's for, for every race of people. You know? It's my final thought. B, it's your final thought? I think I've said enough, so yeah. Me too. <laughs> Twan? My final thought, like, I'm going to piggyback on a little bit what Thea said. You're, we, we, this is a unique, uh, we're in a unique precipice in our society right now where we, we can, we all can collectively see what our problems are, right? Um, it is, it is incumbent upon us all at this time. And then, and it goes, our allies, it goes against our, because we're not, because we're not fighting, we're not really fighting a color, we're fighting evil, right? And I only say that because, but, I say that, I say they would say this. We're fighting an evil, we have allies, but we're fighting an evil plan that mostly benefits white people. Okay, let's say it like that. Um, but we have to come, we have to come to like a we've come to a crossroad now. We gotta we gotta work together to, to build equality for, for all of us. And and that equity has to take place. I, I'm always about equity. I think this is always about empowerment uh, for our community, and I am too. But it's it, but I want equity for our community, and that and that, that to be uh, what has not been equitable to us in the past that has to be rectified. And that's it. Right, Esther. Um, my last final thoughts is everything we done said in period. That's it. <laughs> good, one, good, one. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us again for another great episode of Social Reality. Uh, I'm putting this one in the books. is one of my favorite, one of my favorite yeah, episodes. You came back with a bang, guys. And and also, like, if you're not following us on Spotify, guys, please follow us, tune in, let us know what you think, what you like for us to, to any topic that you like for us to discuss. Like, you know, we want to hear from you guys. So if you're not following us on Social Reality, we're here every Sunday at three-ish or three. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Support you know, black voices because representation matters. Absolutely. All right, that's it. Join us next week. We'll be right back here in your hey. face and in your ear. Yeah. All right. Live stream off. Good combo, guys.